0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire. part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me now, Chris Biederman. And boy, that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> uh shout out to our friends at Cooperage. Shout out to our friends at Lamb Chops. Uh, Lamb Chops, of course, the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And you can go to SGLambchops.com right now and get yourself decked out in a hoodie. You can get yourself decked out in some sick ass shorts or some sweats. Or T-shirts, whatever you want. They got their fall and winter line. And a huge congrats to them, by the way. They partnered with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, they had their launch at the team store at the Timberwolves Arena. And it went crazy. Like, there were lines out the door. It sold out. Everything sold out in five minutes. Uh, Just incredibly successful for them. We love to see it. And we love that uh, they are a sponsor. And we love lamb chops. Candlestick 20 is the promo code, by the way. 20% off
2: was rocking my lamb chop sweat shorts with the zippered pockets all throughout the game perfect lounge wear uh, mm. especially when it's cold and rainy outside yeah. exceedingly comfortable for the couch and you know what it also looks good out and about um, sure does. When I, whenever I wear my lamb chops I, I get a lot of compliments so yeah may, make sure you check out their websites and uh, and cop some good stuff because it's it's great quality it's comfortable and uh and as my dad you know, looks
1: <laughs> yeah it does look dope uh, my dad rolled over to watch a game tonight in his lamb chop sweats, and I was like, rocking the lamb chops. He's like, dude, they're the best. They're the best sweatpants I own. I'm like, damn. All right, shout out. And he just said that to me. He's he's not even like out and about endorsing that. He already knows I know, but he still uh, <laughs> he loves them a lot. And I know you will too. Go to sglambchops.com. Follow them on uh, Instagram at sglambchops for for looks at their latest styles. And I use that promo code Candlestick twenty get twenty percent off your order today. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. That's the home of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. I cracked one open. Uh, some point in the third quarter, because it was like, you know what, I'm gonna need this. There's a lot, there's a lot happening, and you know what, it's been, uh, it's been great. It is so delicious. Not only great in the summertime when you want a crisp, refreshing beer to drink, but you know what, it's also good when it's pissing rain outside and very cold. It's uh, delicious then as well. It turns out.
2: Uh, sources have told this podcast that Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA is available in Noe Valley in San Francisco. If you're if you're in the area, I'm not Ooh. I'm not entirely sure which store. Um, but if if you know of a of a good store to buy some craft brews in, in Noe Valley and in, uh, in, in the city, go check it out and uh, and you'll find some. And obviously, look, we, we talk about Cooperage every episode. It's your favorite. Favorite breweries, favorite brewery up in Santa Rosa. Um, Obviously, there are a lot of very high profile names when it comes to the craft brew scene in Santa Rosa and Sonoma County. And they all know about Cooperage. And a lot of them go hang out and drink at Cooperage after they're done brewing their own beer because they appreciate how good it is. Um, So you should, too, whether you're in Santa Rosa, um, stop by, stop by the brewery there or order it online or check it out in, uh, in a local establishment if you can find it and uh, and enjoy it because it's delicious and everything they make is good from the wheat beers to the double California IPAs. Like, it's it's all good stuff.
1: Shout out Cooperage, cooperagebrewing.com You can get a case shipped right to your front door. Just be in the state of California, 21 or older, 24 beers arriving at your door, you sign for it. You got beer at your front door. It's the very best thing. All right, <clears throat> shout out to Cooperage We love them. And let's talk about this wild-ass 49ers win that kind of feels like a loss. I don't know. Let's dive in. What a weird game. I don't know how they, w- it doesn't to me fit like they, they got their asses kicked the 49ers did. And at the end of the game, they were just a, a little bit better. And that is, I got, I, I don't even know where to start. That was crazy. So
2: it was crazy. Um, we've talked all year about how the 49ers have sort of, run away and hid in most of their games this season, right? Mm -hmm. They'll just like jump on you early and then they'll just pound you into submission as the game goes on right? and end up winning comfortably by, by double digits. Right. I kind of thought that's how this game was going to go. And it ended up being one of those games that the type of game that like we've seen the Eagles win, right? Like Mm -hmm. the Eagles throughout the first half of the year would sort of play down to their opponent not be super crisp but just win all these games and over time all the metrics would say yeah the record's probably not really indicative of how good they are Mm -hmm. um while the 49ers when they've had games where they haven't played well where they've lost guys to injuries or they turn the ball over or all the above they've just lost those games and Mm -hmm. you know they were (laughs) the, the big stat coming out of tonight the 49ers got their first win when trailing by five or more going into the fourth quarter um under Kyle Shanahan they're one in 30 uh, wh- which is insane to think about but also you know they kicked a field goal I think with like four seconds into the fourth quarter yeah um, so they weren't down by five for long but still the stat stands and um, and it's just one of those games that the 49ers won ugly and that felt kind of similar to you know one of those games that, that they would have lost early in the season mm-hmm. and yeah they got a little bit lucky um, but look, like the fact that they probably put together, I would say, a C minus performance overall. Oh, God, and that's still that won and got and got to the, <laughs> the NFC championship game yeah. is a win. And you just hope, you know, I don't know if it was the weather. And again, I'm, I wouldn't use the weather as an excuse for Brock Purdy. Sure. But I think it's pretty clear that his physical limitations are exasperated when the weather's bad. weather bad. Exacerbated? Like, yeah. You said exasperated. Like, exacerbated.
1: Yeah. Did I? What? You said exasperated. I don't think I did. His visit anyway, you did. Check the tape. Chat. Okay. Tell him. Tell him. YouTube chat.
2: Anyway, sorry. Keep that's going. That's... going. Doesn't matter. I think. Uh, I think that. You know the the fact that he. I mean, he just struggles to throw in the rain. I yep. think that's pretty clear now. Uh, and so you know, looking at this at the schedule or at the forecast, the ten day forecast. It looks like it's supposed to be dry next Sunday. Um, again, we will have plenty of time and, and that could change. But I just think like, you know, the small hands, the not super strong arm, you know, we'll talk about Brock Purdy at length, but he, he just wasn't sharp. Um, and the 49ers offense hasn't been sharp all years when they've lost Debo Samuel. It just feels like they're they're a little bit rudderless for for whatever reason, even though they mm-hmm. still have a ton of talent when, even when Debo Samuel sideline. Um, so I just think, uh, whoops, wrong comment. Anyway, I just think, um, <laughs> that <laughs> the chat's going off right now. I just think that, um, it was one of those games that, that maybe the 49ers were due to win, right? Like one of those sure. games that, that a lot of other teams you know this this felt like watching the 2022 vikings win a game this felt like watching the eagles of the first half of this year Mm. win a game and and the 49ers when they've been in that scenario and and just don't play well they've they've typically lost and they came out of today with again like a c minus d plus performance and won a game and advanced in the playoffs and ultimately that's all that really matters and they'll still be heavy favorites going in the NFC Championship game, whether it's Detroit or whether it's Tampa Bay. But and as we'll talk about tonight and as the week goes forward, there's plenty, plenty of areas to improve for this team because that was not as strong of a showing as you would hope for for a team that we thought had a chance to be sort of historically good as the season wore on, given the talent of the roster and everything else.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's weird because usually in a game like this where, okay, you the team wasn't playing well, and then they wind up winning, there's a point where you go, okay, that was like the turning point. That was where they kind of figured it out. But there were just a lot of li- – there wasn't one big play. The missed field goal, obviously, by, by Green Bay, by Anders Carlson, the 41-yarder was obviously huge. But, like, plays the 49ers made – There's so many little plays that stick out. Like even Purdy on the last drive, he goes five of six for 47 yards. But Brandon Ayuk had two unbelievable catches on that drive. The third and nine where he had to reach down and behind himself to catch it off his shoe tops is an incredible play. There was the third and five or six where he had the diving contested catch. It's an incredible play. And those kind of things like just keeping drives alive like that kind of throughout the game and throughout the second half Like those just little things kind of add up. But Brock Purdy scrambled, like made it a, they went from second and what were they? They had a, before the scramble, they had a second and 10 and he scrambles for nine yards to make it third and one. Now that opens the whole playbook. That allows McCaffrey to run up the middle for, for six yards and a touchdown. And I think that's why when I look back at this game, it's like, man, they did a lot of things wrong and they did a lot of things poorly. And when you look at everything in that game, they probably should have lost, but I mean, they're really talented. They have a lot of very, very good players. And George Kittle came up with a couple of big plays. Christian McCaffrey came up with a couple of big plays. It was Brandon. Ayuk, Jawan Jennings had a really nice game. Um, Fred Warner was running around defensively. Diamador Lenore was excellent. Uh, so I, I think when you just start kind of stacking up, um, Dre Greenlaw, of course, had the two interceptions. It was just kind of the 49ers talent level was just overwhelming enough to get them a win. And that's great in in the divisional round. You you win and you're on to the NFC title game, but that's just not gonna work in in, in the next one or two games.
2: Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, you know, some of those passes were like similar passes to what we'll we'll talk about the Jennings handoff. <laughs> um, Will some, we? Of the, some of the passes um tonight that didn't get intercepted were ones that like the ravens intercepted for example Mm -hmm. right and that's that's clearly the difference and and like there was the 49ers absolutely caught some breaks right like i thought on Mm -hmm. the fourth down quarterback sneak in the first half where the packers went for it i thought it was a bad spot and that he got it but the 49ers were pretty lucky in that there wasn't visible proof on replay that showed the ball beyond the line to gain mm-hmm. and that ends up taking points off the board obviously it's a three point win if the packers even settle for a field goal there uh that that you know the the game is drastically different mm-hmm. um, there were the dropped interceptions there was the missed field goal yeah. um so yeah the 49ers did did get fortunate and mm-hmm. and sometimes that's that's what it takes um but to your point like they they do have to play a lot better right they they just yeah. defensively there was one point um where they allowed the packers to convert uh six of nine third downs and i think that that was in in that stat was from the middle of the third quarter um Mm -hmm. when the packers scored a couple touchdowns and and took the lead um they finished seven to 13 so they 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 only went one for their last four on third down and the niners defense as bad as it felt throughout the majority of the game the Mm -hmm. packers last four um last four possessions after scoring the two touchdowns on consecutive drives to open the second half. Mm-hmm. When interception, punt, missed field goal, interception. Yeah. Um so the defense was bad for probably 79% of the game it felt like mm-hmm. even though the numbers you know the Packers numbers weren't like amazing but it felt like I mean Aaron Jones I think he the the broadcast said it was the first time in 51 games the 49ers had allowed an 100 100 yard rusher. The like Yeah the running game, the the run defense wasn't particularly good. Um the Niners didn't sack Jordan Love, which is pretty problematic. Um yeah. and it didn't even yeah. feel like he was pressured all that much. I I like for, for a team that's built so, like that relies so heavily on its defensive line mm-hmm. and when you have Logan Ryan and Tayshon Gibson playing safety, you need to get more pressure than the 49ers did and you need to help your defense out. By, you know, getting obviously getting in more long yardage situations with sacks. And that they just wasn't happening. I, mean, I thought was, for sure,
1: high... I thought for sure they were going to blitz just a shitload. Like I thought they were going to blitz a lot against a, a young quarterback in his first year as a starter in his first divisional playoff game. They had a lot of looks where they would, they would pack the line and then everybody would drop out and they would just rush four. Yeah. And I, I thought they did an okay job getting him to move around and getting him off his spot. There was a third and two late in the game where they forced him to throw behind Aaron Jones because they, he never got comfortable in the pocket and had to move around. But to credit credit to Jordan love, he made a couple of throws, particularly in the first half where, I mean, he evaded a sack and then turned it into a big play down the field.
2: So play where he hit Dobbs, like Dobbs dusted Ambry Thomas, which was a theme. mm. Um, (laughs) And then Jordan love, Rolled left, and I think it was it converted like a third and eleven, yeah, or something. And, and I think it was early in the third quarter that led to one of the touchdowns. Yeah, Um that was a dime. Like, love, love is good. Like, I'm I'm pretty He's, impressed by him. I was too. I was too. Um, Except and some for that of their, last throw, s-
1: I don't know what the last throw was. Yeah, I
2: mean that that's was a tough if
1: Greenlaw didn't grab that, Fred Warner was. Yeah, that's a tough. We'll throw. But no, I was tomorrow. I was super I was super impressed by by Jordan Love today.
2: He was really, really good. And Matt LaFleur. I thought yeah. Matt LaFleur was excellent.
1: Steve Wilkes got, got his pants coached off. <laughs> that was tough. But they yeah. came up. I mean, I you know, you say all that, and it's true, like uh, uh, 100%. But also, like credit where it's due, the Niners had the two red zone stops that forced field goals early on. That's yep. enormous. And then you just mentioned the biggest, the biggest drives of the game – they're getting, they're forcing the Packers to settle for a long field goal. They're getting punts. They're getting turnovers. And that's like, that's how in, I, I hate, I hate saying this because it's, it's intangible. And there's like, no, I don't think there's like real empirical data, but like experience matters, man. We talked about it a lot, just a cross sport reference here. The 40, uh, the, the Warriors and Kings playoff series last year. It's like, yeah, the Kings might be better in a vacuum, but the Warriors have been here. And mm-hmm. yeah, the Packers might've, might've played better today, but the Niners have been here and in the biggest spots, the Niners had dudes that made plays and, and the Packers yeah. did not. So uh, it's, I'm yeah, interested I, to I see. Thought... Oh, go ahead.
2: No, I just, I agree with everything you said. Um, I just like the, and this is an aside, but like, Ambry Thomas was just bad. Like it he was, was probably his worst bad. game of the season. Yeah. Like the two PIs, um, obviously the one that basically converted what well, was at a third and fifteen? Yeah. Uh, and forty one yard then they penalty. got touched on. Um I thought the Niners safeties weren't particularly good for most of the game. Yeah. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why Logan Ryan, a guy who they signed late in the season, who was on a cruise in what, October? Or whatever that was, like he's starting a playoff game when you have Jair Brown healthy. I understand Jair Brown's a rookie and he's been out for a while, but like, baffling. There's, there's no. I, that was just one of those decisions that I just didn't understand at all, Um and it was pretty clear. Like once the Packers knew that Ambry Thomas was was not having a great game, they they made a pretty concerted effort to pick on him, whether it would be running a bubble screen to his side or attacking him down the field. Like there were missed mm-hmm. tackles in addition to coverage bus. It yep. wasn't a great Ambry Thomas game. Um, and I wonder now, like, I just don't know, like Logan, you, you had Tayshon Gibson falling over. Also like they fell down, you know, lot. the Niners on their home field. Yeah. The Niners on their home field should not be slipping like that in the rain. Yeah. Right. Like the Niners grass is is considered one of the best playing services in the league. I get it was raining, but it felt like the Niners were slipping a hell of a lot more than the Packers were. Like, that's just I don't know what that what that is, if that's an equipment thing. Um, but it, it's something that probably shouldn't happen on your home field, even if it is raining. Like if it's if it's happening to both teams, I get it. But if if the Packers have like an equipment advantage and I don't know that they do necessarily, but just i don't know i thought that was a weird thing um but again i'll come back to the niners have all this cap space right and i know jimmy ward's hurt right now but man if they don't win the super bowl and they end up getting flambeed on the back end like they did for parts of today the decision to not bring back jimmy ward is going to be one of the more indefensible ones that that this regime has had
1: yeah yeah it didn't really make a ton of sense at the time but yeah, I, d- look, here's with Jair Brown specifically like they let they they let Jimmy Ward walk because they were going to draft Jair Brown and he was going to be their safety next to Talano Hufanga. And that's what they're going to do. He was one of two players along with Sam Darnold who was active and didn't play today. So he's either hurt or I I don't I don't know. Like if he's if he's if he was unable to play, I'm not sure why Samuel Womack is is not up, or one of the two defensive linemen that they brought up from right. the practice squad who sure. maybe could have helped stop the run. It's just it's a weird decision. But Shanahan also didn't say anything after the game about Jerry Brown being hurt. So I, I'm I'm at a loss. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about yeah. Jake Moody? <laughs>
2: Sure. Look, okay. Let me. So, let me I mean, let me, yeah, let me, let it me was, we can talk about Jake Moody and then I want to talk about Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan had a weird night. He had a bad night, dude. But
1: real quick, Jake Moody <laughs> misses the 48 yarder because, of course, he did, but then drills a 52 yarder in a huge spot. The 48 yarder misses... was
2: blocked, but like just.
1: Okay. Fair enough. He got the 48 yarder <laughs> blocked. He was hooking that shit left for sure. Like book it, it was going low. no. So the forty-eight yarder gets blocked, but he steps up fifty-two yarder in a massive spot because he misses that field goal. The Packers have great field position and they can go up two scores with a field goal. They need like twenty-five yards for a chance to go up two scores and 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 probably put the game away in the fourth quarter. So props to Jake Moody for that uh, making making the biggest kick of the year. And frankly, like that's kind of why they drafted him. They're like, yeah, we trust him in big spots, and he hadn't done it during the regular season, but he did in the postseason. That's huge. Uh, why are they not launching every kick into the third fucking deck? <laughs> I mean, so... how many times do we have to see this? How many? I... We've been talking about this for weeks. Like, yeah, this is weird. They do these like not pooch kicks, but these like they sky these kickoffs so they can try and get down there and like force a short return. Nah, man, the, the field position is not worth it. Just kick it out of the end zone. The extra right. six yards you're saving or whatever is not worth it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry for the no, f you're... word. I don't. I'm just at a. I'm at a loss because the next kickoff out of the back of the end zone. It's like he can do it. Just do that. I, I don't. It's such a weird. Kyle Shanahan has this like thing with special teams, right? And that special teams thing is, um, yeah. Hey, just don't mess up. Like just don't just catch the punt. Just make the foot. Yep. We're not going to run fake punts because we're just going to kick it and then trust our defense because that's how football works. But then when it comes to kickoffs, it's like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to try and kick it super high to give our team, our coverage team time to get down there and then try and kick it like right onto the goal line. So the guy can't just kneel on it. And now he has to bring it out. Now we can stop him at like the 16 instead of them getting it at the 25. Like, why is that now suddenly a thing? Like now all of a sudden you want to get cute on special teams. That's stupid. It doesn't make sense. Do touchbacks. Just do the touchback. Anyways. A thousand
2: percent. Uh, I know you you had the, you had the, you had the 73 yard kickoff um, from like the Niners score a touchdown, right? They get that 39 yard run from Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey. They retake the lead 14, 13. it's like, okay. Niners have like a little bit of momentum um, after the Packers scored, right? Like the Packers the Niners did not lap the Packers like they have done so many times this year, right? No, they so sure did. Instead of, they, they missed the field goal at the end of the first half. They go three and out to open the second half. The Packers go right down and score. So the exact opposite of lapping happens. And then the 49ers, for the first time in the game, maybe aside from the George Kittle touchdown, okay, they get a Christian McCaffrey touchdown. You're like, all right, maybe they're going to start to, you know, like, Put their foot down on this game and, and steal some momentum back. That was totally do, how that felt, by the way. Yeah. And then they then the kickoff doesn't get booted in into Narnia, like you said. And the guy returns it 73 yards. And then four plays later, the Packers score a second consecutive touchdown. And they get a two-point conversion that succeeds. Right. So it's just. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was like, man, the 49ers, like really might lose. They, they really might get upset, the one seed in the NFC, with a bye week. That's one of the most talented teams we've seen in this franchise's history, which is saying a lot, is losing to the number 7 seed in a season where they haven't come back to win all year, in part because they're trying to be super cute with these kickoffs.
1: It's bizarre.
2: And it's It was bizarre. And fortunately for them, they won the game. But, like, you know, you give up a touchdown there, and they lose the game by a score. That's a huge talking point yeah. along with Kyle Shanahan's, and, and this is probably a good, a good transition into Kyle Shanahan's night. Um, yeah. They, the end of the first half sequence where Shanahan was just clearly intent on settling for a long field goal attempt in the driving rain with the kicker who's been super sketchy throughout most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, just didn't like it. Like you had a play call on third and two And then you let the clock go down and then you just burn one of your three timeouts Mm -hmm. for no real reason other than like, oh, we just want to make sure the Packers don't have the ball last. It's like it's raining, man. Like you have a really good defense. You shouldn't worry about Jordan Love getting the ball back with 45 seconds left and going to get points at the end of the half. Like that's yeah, you shouldn't play scared like that. Like go get points. You need points here. You're in scoring position. You've struggled if you are trying to lap them. Then, like, get a touchdown there. Come out in the second yeah. half, get another touchdown, and then take control of the game. And Shanahan was just content to sit on the ball, waste one of the timeouts, and still, after all that, you're settling for a 48-yard field goal in the rain that gets blocked.
1: It just, dude, it's, I good.
2: It, it it was just, you know, that was weird. Um, we can talk about the Juwan Jennings thing because Shanahan had kind of an interesting. Um, can I answer for- to to that one? But the zone read to Brock Purdy to start the drive, that was weird. Like at that point in the game, it was like feed Christian McCaffrey. Just feed yeah. keep feeding him because he was rolling for most of the night. And the 49ers mm-hmm. are starting drives with a run to Juwan Jennings and a zone read to Brock Purdy. Like it, it didn't make any sense in, in the moment. Um so I thought Shanahan had a weird night. Uh and you know, ultimately it didn't come back to bite them too badly, but it was not Kyle Shanahan's best night from a play calling perspective.
1: No, I, dude, the, the, the end of the half was just a disaster. It was like, they didn't really have a plan and they got into what was field goal range. And I don't like, I don't under, I don't understand it. I just don't understand the risk reward assessment there of settling for a long field goal versus maybe giving the Packers the ball back with 12 seconds left. Like I don't, I, I just I, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. The McCaffrey thing is is wild because yeah I get that they were playing from behind uh, for for a lot of the game, but they weren't the type of behind where it's like oh shoot got to be one dimensional now. Like down two scores, you gotta go, you gotta go uh you know throw it every time. Like that's what happened to the Packers. Uh, excuse me the the Cowboys against the Packers. Packers punch them in the mouth. They go up fourteen nothing. It's like, all right, scrap the run game. It's throwing time. And at that point, your defense can just sit on the pass and you go up twenty seven to nothing. Like like Green Bay did in Dallas. It was never like that. The Niners were never at a point where it's like, dude, put the run game away. They would just abandon it for for dr- the McCaffrey had a drive where the Niners go two handoffs to him. He goes for fourteen yards on the two handoffs. So it's like four and then ten. And they gave it to him again. And I it might have gone for a yard. He might have no gain. So it was second and long. And then they just went pass, pass again. And okay. Second and long, you're probably going to throw it, but dude, run it again. Give it to your best player again. Go extended hand. Yeah. Out. Do run so they bit you. yeah d- right. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, it's, it's weird because we know they don't like forget that Christian McCaffrey is there. We know they know he's there, but to go for a team that's like, yeah, we want to get to 30 rushes. You, you know, 30 carries is, is the number they were at, 24. One of those was Brock Purdy's kneel down. So make it 23. One of them was a Brock Purdy read option zone read thing. So call it 22. And one was a handoff to Jawan Jennings. So I I don't, I don't, I I don't quite know. Maybe the Packers are just doing something defensively where the Niners like, Oh God, we can't run against this, but you still got to try. Because putting yeah. it in Brock Purdy's hands tonight, whether it was weather or whether it was the defense or, or, or whatever it was, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. I'm sorry, like he just he he was bad. And on the last drive, did they get it done? Like hundred percent, totally. But he also got bailed out a couple times. There were a couple really nice catches on that drive on some not so good throws. So that's fine. It wasn't his night. I'm sure he'll be better in the in the NFC title game. In fact, I would I would bet that he is he is better in that game, particularly if it's dry. But I, I, it was like they continue. It was like Shanahan wanted him to throw his way out of it or something. It was just an odd, an an odd choice, especially without Debo Samuel, your second best receiver. It was like, all right, hey, Jawan Jennings had a really really nice game. Um, that catch he had on third down, the leaping twenty one yard grab was a was a game saver. But like Jawan Jennings is not Debo, <laughs> you know. Ray's McLeod is not Debo. It's just not. I don't know. Hey guys, it's Kyle from Candlestick Chronicles, and I want to tell you about Factor. Now, we're far enough into the new year that maybe you're starting to wane a little bit on your resolutions. Maybe you wanted to take a little bit better care of yourself. Maybe you wanted to eat better, and you're going, man, you know what? Work and life gets so busy. I don't have time to grocery stop. I don't have time to meal prep. I don't have time to do all that. Factor takes that off the table for you with ready-to-eat meal delivery that takes all the stress out of meal planning, and it sets you up for success in the new year. They have Calorie smart options, they have vegan options, they have veggie options, they have keto options. And then there's like 55 weekly add ons. So you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. One of my favorite factor things are the smoothies. They have fruit smoothies, they have like a mango and a tropical fruit and a strawberry banana that are delicious. They also have protein shakes that are fantastic. I really enjoy the espresso one. It is a delicious way to start the day. So look, I'm always trying to find ways to skip the the trap of overpriced takeout, whether it's getting it delivered or whatever. Factor helps. Factor, I open my fridge. There's a meal right there. I throw it in the microwave or in the oven, whatever you prefer and i throw mine in the microwave it's ready to go in a couple of minutes and i have a delicious nutritious meal right in front of me and i didn't it wasn't a headache to plan it wasn't a headache to cook and i didn't have to shop for anything that's why factor is the very best head to factormeals.com/candlestick50 and use code candlestick50 to get 50% off that's code candlestick50 at factormeals.com/candlestick50 to get 50% off yo it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops, SGLambChops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in uh, maybe it's the... Maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's an ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that. And it always makes me look
2: dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super yeah. stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. they also have kids, uh, kid sizes on here too. Yes. That and is everything's great. unisex. Uh, we we should point out also. So um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you.
1: Or a child. Or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their (laughs) stuff as well. Use promo code Candlestick20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Shout out to them. We really appreciate their support. And uh we would appreciate it if you support them by going to SGLAMchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable,
2: high quality clothing. Join the herd today. Brock Purdy leads the NFL in effective lollipop throws.
1: Dude, that is a bar. That's a goddamn bar by
2: you. The the Jennings one was just like you, you see him like it it just the way it came out of his hand tonight. I don't know if it was the rain or what. It was just such a lollipop to Jennings. And then you see after a couple of replays, you're like, all right, he kind of layered it over the guy in front of him. He need to put he needed to put it up there. <laughs> but even the Kittle That's... one, like it was well placed. The Kittle touchdown was well placed, mm-hmm. but it didn't really feel like it had the same velocity that that Purdy had. Like, like mm-hmm. I think uh, about Purdy, like week one in Pittsburgh, like the back shoulder throw to Brandon Ayuk, that was like. It wasn't it wasn't a laser, but it was on far more of a line than it a and ob- it's a different type of throw, I know. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel like he had any of that, any of that juice in yeah. in his arm tonight. And I don't know if it was a weather thing, but that's what I mean. Like the the games where the conditions are bad are where his limitations become real limitations. And you know, when he's playing inside when the weather's neutral, like then, then he's fine. He's not really affected, but man, there were some times. Like there were a lot of just short layup throws um, that, you know, I think one of the strengths of Brock Purdy's game that might get overlooked just is the precision on the short throws. Like throughout the year, he's been really good at those check down throws and giving it to guys in a position where they can make plays after the catch. Mm-hmm. And he's just missing those throws by like five yards tonight. Yeah. Um. The timing never felt like it was there, mm-hmm. and it it he he seemed out of sorts. The the pass protection wasn't great. Um, yeah, Green Bay did a good job that,
1: defensively.
2: Yeah, Green Bay did a, a much better job defensively than than I would have expected.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But the pass protection still kind of leaves a lot to to be desired. Um, you know, I, I just. You know, if it's Aiden Hutchinson next week against Colton McKivitts, that's that's a pretty scary matchup for the 49ers, I would say, at this point. Like um yeah. and it does feel like when McKivitts is getting beaten, like Brock Purdy can see it. It's in his line of sight because it's the right side. Right. And that can mm-hmm. be that can be particularly problematic because sometimes I, I think that'll lead to Purdy hesitating a little bit or not throwing within rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um but he did get it done on the final drive and this was as their favorite cast member, Nick Wagner pointed out on, on X formerly Twitter. Um, this was the first time this season, the 49ers had a come from behind game winning drive in the fourth quarter. which is kind of wow. crazy to think about.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if you don't win any close games, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I like it. I like that The, the big thing to pull out tonight was, uh, Brock Purdy has one game winning drive in his career and it was last season against the Raiders. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Cool, man. That's basically the same thing. Now I was, um, overall, the 49ers played far worse than I thought they would. Um, but green Bay also was a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Um, I didn't think necessarily, especially defensively, they were going to be able to replicate what they did against Dallas, but they, uh, they, they really, really did. And, um, yeah, it was just a man, wild ass game.
2: I think I think Green Bay is going to be good like for yeah. a while. Yeah. I, like, I think Jordan Love has the potential to be like a a dude you can win a lot of games with.
1: Yeah. And all of their receivers are like 18 years old. <laughs> and they it, yeah, no, they're yeah. they're they're really good and and Matt LaFleur is is a very good coach as we saw tonight. I thought the the touchdown to Bo Melton with the fake screen was brilliant like that's just such a great play design and play call in that spot uh I I just I said I have nothing but good things to say about Green Bay they were awesome but I I mean we've how many times have we talked about this with the Niners this year like yeah like even if they don't play well their talent's just kind of gonna win out and I think we saw that on the last drive it was George Kittle and it's Brandon Ayuk and there's some Christian McCaffrey and there's oh there's Brock Purdy with a scramble there's Chris Connolly. Chris (laughs) Connelly (laughs) There's <laughs> Chris Conley with a huge catch. Uh no, it's just um yeah, I just that that was a crazy ass game. And then Dre Greenlaw comes up with a couple of picks. What the hell was Dre Greenlaw doing at the end of the game?
2: Dude, so everyone on the broadcast or everyone watching at home probably uh probably saw this, hey, but Greenlaw hey gets gets. What did pick. you
1: yell at your TV after the interception? <laughs> Go ahead,
2: Chris. Greenlaw gets the interception and then a fan right in front of the camera hold has his hat in his hand as he's celebrating with his hand up and all you know is that you cannot see what's happening with Drake Greenlaw Nothing. and that he's not down <laughs> that he's trying to like make something happen and it's just like are will you get down guy like what are you what you're trying to score here like you are you a ball carrier now Like if the Packers would have, would have ripped the ball from Trey Greenline. Oh my god! And and stayed alive. Like that would have been one of one of the worst plays in NFL history. Full stop.
1: You can't. You you can't. (laughs) If he had, let's. I'm gonna live in the timeline for a minute. (laughs) I'm gonna live in the timeline for a minute where, where he fumbles that ball. If the Packers going to win the game. I don't think there's any way you bring Gregory in law back next year. Like he just can't be on your team anymore. Not that he's bad or anything like that. I just don't think you can have that player on your team because that's not Roger Craig fumbling against the giants. what was that? The 88 NFC championship game, 87, 80, whatever it was when, whenever Roger Craig fumbled, I was a year and a half old. Okay. <laughs> whatever 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 year that was, roger, like that's just okay, the running back fumbled in a in a spot where he needed to just hang on to the ball. Like, okay, that sucks. But in a if a linebacker trying to return a meaningless interception for a touchdown, fumbling and leading to a loss after they would have just won. Like, remember Nate Clements did that against the Falcons in 2010? You just can't yes. that just oh man, that's oof.
2: boy. Oh, wow, that's a good callback <laughs> but you. I completely forgot Thanks. about that. Uh Dre um, Bly,
1: I believe, did it as well against the Falcons uh, a couple years before. At home though, good
2: call by you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Somebody in the YouTube chat said they were yelling for a lateral. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, if you had if you had Niners minus nine and a half, you probably wanted them to return that for a touchdown. Oh, dude! I saw some people making making that joke on uh, on X formerly Twitter. That also would have. Uh, oh
1: my god! And if you returned that for a touchdown, that also would have put the game at the over. Over was oh, 50 wow. and a half. And the final total was 45.
2: <laughs> yeah, God. that's that's crazy. Um, I feel like the Packers probably let Christian McCaffrey score at the end there. Because they knew that like it, their only chance to, to keep the game going was to get the ball back eventually. Because you see that sometimes. But... I say that to say, like that was a a great Christian McCaffrey game.
1: Oh, it was, it was like really it felt good.
2: like it felt like he could have had ten more carries, um, but to have you know seventeen carries, ninety eight yards, two touchdowns. Um, he was the most and- targeted guy. <laughs> uh, he had twelve targets. He had thirty yards on twelve targets, which isn't <laughs> great from an efficiency <laughs> perspective. Um, he caught seven passes.
1: But how many how many of those runs were looked like they were going to be for zero, and they wound up being for like three or four? It felt like he did right. that a handful of times tonight, where he just created yards by himself.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was he was excellent, um, and obviously scoring the game winning touchdown on a drive where there was so much focus on Brock that Purdy. Was... I don't, I don't want to dive super far into this, but that was weird clock management by the Packers too. I thought they would have been calling timeouts.
1: Yeah. I get wanting to have your timeouts on offense, but also like, I think I'd rather have like a minute and a half and one timeout than a minute, seven and all three. I, I, maybe it's a a wash, but it was just, I expected them to call some TOS and they didn't.
2: Yeah. I think they were hoping to get to overtime there. Um, but I don't know, man. Are, are you concerned about the defensive line? Mm-mm.
1: No, I don't. I don't think so. Um. I, I definitely. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think so, because typically the Niners are in spots where teams can't just line up and run against them like the Packers did tonight. But chances are that's what it's going to look like in the NFC title game and and the Super Bowl if they they win that. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that's a concern where if they can't get the other team in a negative game script and the other team can afford to run the ball, I think that there are some opportunities for explosive plays against that defensive line.
2: Yeah, I kind of thought we would see at some point, and maybe we see it next week, um, but it just feels like, Again, the Niners didn't have any sacks. Uh, Javon Kinlaw was the only guy not named Nick Bosa to register a quarterback hit. Nick Bosa had five quarterback hits. Yeah. Um, but That was a peak
1: 2023 Nick Bosa game where you're just watching and on the surface, it's like, man, I feel like Nick Bosa didn't do a lot. But then you look at the numbers and you go back and watch. And you're like, oh, he's around the quarterback a lot.
2: I remember in 2019, there was a lot of negative discussion around d ford because of his availability and the fact that like he had a hamstring issue and Mm -hmm. i forget what the i think it was a back injury too um and he only ended up playing like 20 percent of the snaps that season Mm -hmm. but man when when d ford was playing the defensive line was just at a completely different level yep and it feels like this group even with chase young even with Nick Bosa being later on in his career, even with Javon Hargrave, um, even with Eric Armstead back and, and Armstead probably isn't close to hundred um, percent. Yeah. Dealing with foot yeah. and knee things. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the Niners defense is designed to be dominant up front and they haven't been dominant. They certainly weren't dominant tonight. And, um, while, you know, 21 points, isn't like a huge total. Um, it just felt like there were a lot of plays or, or a lot of like tribes that could have gone much differently had had the defensive line make more of an, more of an impact on Jordan Love.
1: Yeah. Yeah, ma- ma- man, see, I'm interested to see if they play Dallas or not Dallas, <laughs> if they play Detroit, I'm interested to see if, if we come away with the same takeaway against a quarterback that does not handle pressure as well. Because Jordan Love, like I said,
2: Jared Goff.
1: yeah, and there, there were, there were, a few times tonight where it looked like the Niners are going to get Jordan Love on the ground, and he escaped and turned it into a positive play. <clears throat> and I don't think Jared got. I don't think you're getting that out of Jared Goff. So if the Niners' defensive line has the exact same game from a pass rush perspective against Detroit, assuming they play Detroit that they had against Green Bay, I think we see three or four sacks. Because Jared Goff doesn't move around the pocket the way that Jordan Love does.
2: Yeah, but the Lions do have a really good offensive line.
1: That's also very true. It's a great point.
2: But we'll look ahead to
1: that once we know who they're playing.
2: Yeah. But, oh man, it was just like... I think one of the reasons why it was so jarring was because they hadn't... The way that game went that version of, of game was one the 49ers have lost, like, all year.
1: Dude, a thousand percent. And the fact
2: that, the fact that it it was that type of game, but they ended up winning, was, <laughs> I mean, I think ultimately, like, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, there's going to be discussion about, like, yeah, we we like, probably needed to learn how to, like, win sort of a weird, ugly game where we don't play well. Yeah. because and this isn't this isn't a dig on the Niners but like when you win so many games in dominant fashion and you're just playing really well and the times you've got kicked in the teeth you've just kind of folded like that can really come back to hurt you in the playoffs because yep. you're gonna get kicked in the teeth and the 49ers got kicked in the teeth and they didn't play well they committed some dumb penalties they didn't stop the run um, Brock Purdy threw some passes that could have been picked for sure, the fact that Brock Purdy didn't have an interception tonight is kind of wild. Um, Man, that's shocking. but it was it, it was just one of those. Like there were a lot of things they they missed a field goal, right? They they were they did the opposite of of lapping the Packers at the end of the second quarter and early in the third. <laughs> and yeah, it was sure just, did. and they they still won the game. So like if if they do go on to win the Super Bowl. I do think there's going to be value in the way this game went as sort of a confidence builder, a learning experience going forward.
1: Yeah, I'm super interested to see if this was a precursor to them getting steamrolled in the NFC title game where (laughs) they are just they they hit one of those stretches like in week six through eight where they just kind of inexplicably struggle. Or was this a, hey, haven't played a meaningful game in three weeks. Welcome back to football. Here's a team that's playing really well in the Green Bay Packers. And they got just kind of punched in the face a little bit. Woke them up. And now they're going to be a buzzsaw the rest of the way. I think those are the two options. I think there's a chance. I think they lose next week or they win the Super Bowl. I think that's what's going to (laughs) happen. I think they either lose next week or go to the Super Bowl.
2: Wow. Thanks, man. That's interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I think, I mean, we'll know more. You know, the the one thing Shanahan did say about Debo Samuel's injury after the game Mm -hmm. was that it was similar to the one in Cleveland. Um, And the injury in Cleveland forced Samuel to miss three games. And then he had the bye week before he came back. Right. So Samuel had to miss a month the last time he had an injury like this. Um, and obviously, you know, by the time you're listening to this on Sunday, maybe Samuel will will have gone through some more testing and we'll have a better idea, but you know, you kind of worry that after getting tested and, you know, I think they had some imaging done for him just to be out, like to come out in the second half in a hoodie is not a promising sign. Maybe he can play through it, uh, but you know, to not have Debo Samuel, in the NFC championship game would be a pretty, pretty substantial blow. Yeah. Um, but at least the Niners would have a week to, to sort of prepare in that scenario yeah. rather than losing a mid game. When like he had two touches, it felt like it was going to be a big Debo Samuel game from the jump.
1: Yep. Yep. Any return, and that might, off. which like, let's just stop, dude, just getting cute. Let's just special teams. Don't matter until the third round when you got to pick a kicker, and the kickoff. <laughs> just,
2: uh, bizarre, I man. like I'm uh, obviously Debo Samuel is generational when it comes to like being a guy with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we've seen from him in the NFL that has suggested like, oh, you know what? We gotta have him back there returning kickoffs. We have a couple he's of like okay bro- returns he's had a couple of okay returns and he had one a few weeks ago that he almost broke, but it's not like he's Devin Hester back there. (laughs) No, I know. Like, right.
1: I would rather take the ball to 25 and then run a trick play to get him the ball on first down.
2: Well, just like he has shoulder issues. He had a shoulder issue earlier in the season. Like, why do we need to risk like high impact? His depot Samuel's unless he's like, has a, has a penchant for returning kickoffs for touchdowns in the NFL, which we've never seen before. Has never I know he to. was in college, but like this is—it's—it's it's just completely unnecessary.
1: I don't get it at all.
2: It's never why ever. you have Ray Ray McCloud, your fourth receiver, available. Right. Like let right. let him yeah. return kickoffs.
1: Yeah, dude. I don't I don't get it at all. But it, I, I'm with you though. It, Shanahan even talked about it in his post game presser like. Losing Debo Samuel mid-game changes a lot of what you can do schematically. A, right. you saw it with the handoff to Sean Jennings. <laughs> B, when Ray-Ray McLeod goes in motion, it doesn't affect the defense the same way it does when Debo Samuel goes in motion. But we saw the Niners' offense struggle really bad against against Cleveland when Samuel went out. And granted, they were missing Trent Williams too. But against Minnesota, moving the ball wasn't a problem. Against the against the Bengals, moving the ball wasn't a problem. Their defense was a way bigger issue in both of those games. So what you said, I think, is is spot on. That's kind of what I'm circling back to, is if they have a week to game plan without Debo Samuel, if he, if he's going to be out, we don't know that yet. But if they find out tomorrow, okay, he's out next week. They have a a way better chance to, um, figure out a game plan and how to move the ball without him than they do mid game, where hey. I had a massive script ready to get the ball to number 19 and now he's just not in the game anymore so let's figure it out
2: yeah you still have brandon ike george kittle and christian mccaffrey like yeah. that that would be plenty for a lot of teams <laughs>
1: right right
2: <laughs>
1: and trump Williams um, still on, by the
2: way right uh on the juan jennings run because Wait. uh i was fascinated to to, to see that kyle shannon got asked by i think it was grant Cohn. um about that play and do you not trust jordan mason (laughs) what shanahan said was um he basically the play call was just a number on purdy's armband but there was there was an adjustment it's like this play call like 41 or whatever with uh he called it like a hezzy, like an i don't know what the adjustment is but i'm guessing whatever the adjustment that shanahan called was not like purdy did not do like when he called the play to his teammates so i think in that spot on the wristband i'm assuming that's a debo samuel handoff and what shanahan said was like we ron burgundy ron burgundy it, like remember the, the scene where ron burgundy yeah. reads the he'll uh, read the whatever's on the teleprompter he'll read whatever's on the teleprompter yeah. shanahan has a term for it he was like we ron burgundy that and so purdy ends up calling the play that should be for debo but because jennings is in the in the game he lines up in debo's spot and uh and it didn't work so oh. i guess that explanation is a little bit better than like shanahan being like oh yeah let's uh Let's give Juwan a, a carry here. <laughs> like, it's first to Juwan, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know, you know, again, and, and there was a zone read for Brock Purdy. It's like, it, at, at this point. It, it felt it like was, they were throwing like, just a kitchen sink at Green Bay and figuring out if something would work. But it was, it, it just wasn't like, oh, like Brock Purdy, like you're really going to catch him off guard with a Brock Purdy zone read. <laughs> I love right it. To the wide
1: I love the idea that Shanahan's calling that and he's like, we're putting this on tape. We're going to make sure teams prep for this.
2: <laughs> the Juwan Jennings handoff. Yeah. Um, Jennings was good though. I he thought he had a good game. Really freaking good, man. Um, Brandon, Ayuk's catch the diving one on third down oh, on the last drive sick. was, was one of his best catches of the season, particularly given the moment. Mm-hmm. Um a
1: contested diving catch is gnarly. Yeah.
2: Um, and Chris Connelly's play was huge. Obviously that was really big on that drive. Um, and it's kind of wild that the 49ers are at a point where Chris Connolly's like making a a huge catch. One of the biggest catches of the season, but he made it. Um, he He was open. So yeah, like it was, it was a very ugly game. It was a C minus D plus performance. Some breaks went their way. Um, and you know what? You advance, and that's all that really matters. And if you can if you can win a game with a C minus, D plus performance, like you should feel pretty good about just the overall quality of your team. But to win a championship, you need to be a hell of a lot better than they were. Yep. And I that's think that it. I think they have a pretty clear understanding of that.
1: Yeah, two things two things can be truer. You can you can say Hey, a win is a win. Win's a win. No such thing as an ugly win. No such thing. It's a W. Moving on. Like, that's 100% correct. And that is the largest takeaway of all this is the 49ers are playing next Sunday. But on the other hand, it's what you just said. That's great. They're going to play next Sunday. That is the goal that's better than not playing next Sunday. But they cannot play this same game next Sunday because if they play this no. same game next Sunday
2: they will very likely lose. Yeah, Brock Purdy needs to be a lot better. Way better. Like way better. Um Kyle Shanahan needs to be better. They they were making great uh Greg Olson was making the point and what like comparing Brock Purdy to Jimmy Garoppolo and other 49ers quarterbacks that Shanahan's had and saying, you know, Shanahan really trusts this guy to be in shotgun and go empty. And it's like, man, I get it you can do a lot more in the passing game and you can be really efficient and you have, you know, a lot of really good eligible receivers out there. I totally get it, but it always feels like when the 49ers are at their best, they're building the passing game off the running game. And you do most of that when you are under center Mm -hmm. and you're doing the boot action and you're doing all that stuff. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is as good of a, like designer of a downfield passing game from shotgun as he is like designing running plays off play action or designing Mm -hmm. pass plays off play action and sort of tying everything together and when you're constantly in shotgun and spreading the ball out and going empty again like Kyle Shanahan has forgotten way more about football than I'll ever know. I'm not trying to say I'm smarter than Kyle Shanahan. But I, I think when you're trying to mask a quarterback's deficiencies and when the weather is as it was today, when you can be more balanced and you can throw different looks via play action and with the running game, I think the Niners are a lot more difficult to stop than when it's just like, hey, we're going to be an empty and you're going to know that they're throwing it. And you know, you're asking the offensive line to hold up against a pretty good pass rush. When we know the offensive line in pass protection has been average to below average all season. And I think that's probably being a little bit generous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am concerned for the 49ers about that. Like if they if their plan is just going to be to rely so heavily on Brock Purdy and shotgun and going empty, you're asking a lot of your offensive line and you're asking a lot of Brock Purdy whereas you can give him a lot more you can give him a lot more layups by mm-hmm. utilizing play action in the boot game and the running game and at the same time you're giving Christian McCaffrey more touches.
1: Yeah. I knew it was going to be ugly when his first downfield throw of the game should have been a pick six. Like it feels like when that happens the team is just dialed into whatever the 49ers are going to want to do and they don't have a great adjustment for that in the passing game. I also think that might have thrown Purdy off a little bit, too. He seemed a little hesitant to let it rip down the field.
2: There are some comments um, in the in the YouTube chat. People saying like it was raining like crazy. You couldn't really... It didn't feel like the rain was super... I, I think when the rain was coming down, it was coming down really hard at the game. And I think mm-hmm. it might have had more of an impact than maybe it seemed just watching it because it wasn't yeah. like puddles were forming. It wasn't like guys, yeah. I mean, guys were slipping, but it didn't look like a monsoon. It didn't look like game do in Washington the twenty nineteen, Right. But it did look like the rain had a, like, I think the rain had more of an impact than it looked on TV. Yeah. I think maybe.
1: I agree. It's the second time this year they played in a wet game and Purdy has been bad in both of them. There's two worst games of the year.
2: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, anyways, so, I've got a. They asked.
2: Uh, they asked Jimmy Johnson at the end of uh, in the post game show. Oh, who do you think? I think Brian Menefee asked. Um, Kurt Menefee. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Menefee asked him. He's like Jimmy. Who, who are the Niners playing next week? He's like, well, it's going to be the winner of the Lions or Bucks. Wow, he said that. It was like, <laughs> it was like, whoa! The hot yeah, take culture has gotten we, out of hand. <laughs> We, we know, Jimmy, like, who do you think's winning that game? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Funny. yeah. But All no, right. I, I, I'm I with Jimmy in that. I, I definitely think the Niners are going to play the winner of, of Lions Bucks. I'm fully be, on board. I'd
1: be floored if they played somebody else. <laughs> There's like, oh, no, Dallas oh, is back. Is that the Cowboys music?
2: How about them Cowboys? How about them, huh? Um, All right.
1: I, I don't think I have anything else right now.
2: You want to do Prize Picks real quick?
1: <laughs> I have to. It was ugly for your boy. It was better for you than for me. But you're you're trying to win it all back. Um, <laughs> Prize Picks daily fantasy sports. It is the single best way to uh, add a little spice to your uh, to your enjoyment of your sporting events. I'll run through my list first. I went with Aaron Jones. So what, what prize picks is with daily fantasy. You don't play like a million other players and you're not playing against like sharp guys or bots or anything like that. It's just you, you pick two to six players. They have stat projections. You pick more or less on the stat projection and you let it rock. Uh, we're supposed to say, then you watch the winnings roll in. But if you're following me and Chris, the winnings or are you're not fading me rolling in at this point. If you're fading us, You're probably stacking cash right now. Um, They also do Apple Pay for deposits, uh, which is great. But anyways, uh, Aaron Jones. I had Aaron Jones more than 69 and a half rushing yards. Nailed it. He went for 108. Uh, I had Jordan Love more than seven and a half rushing yards. No dice. He went for three. Debo Samuel more than 16 and a half rushing yards. He had zero. Brandon Ayuk more than four and a half catches. He had three. Christian McCaffrey, more than 22 and a half rushing yards in his first five attempts. He had 22, one for five. That's not going to get me any, that's not going to give me any money.
2: That's tough. What did you take? Um, so I had, I, I wrote mine down. Yeah. Uh, and I cannot find where, where I wrote them. I know I've I had my right here for Oh, yeah. perfect. You, so I know I had the demon play for Brandon. Ayuk. Yeah. More than 99 like and a half yards. yards. He had yeah, had 32. More,
1: yeah, more than, yeah, just, just shy, just, just short at thirty-two yards. You had yeah. Brock Purdy with a fantasy score of more than nineteen. He had twenty-five, two hundred fifty-two yards and a touchdown. I don't think that's gonna get it done, bud.
2: Yeah, I needed that one more score.
1: Yeah, yeah, you sure did. That's like sixteen. Yeah, his fantasy score is like seventeen or so. Uh, and then you had George Kittle more than seventy nine and a half receiving yards. He had eighty one. Good call by you there, along with the along with the touchdown. Great work by you.
2: One for three. It was a power play, but you know, it's fine. Like at some point, one of these payouts that pays you know thirteen and a half x or whatever it is is going to hit, You're this and close. I'm going to be in the green, yep. and that's all it's really going to take. <laughs> yeah, Just a big swing. Sure. Yeah, scared um, money don't make money. We are what due. What I- that's what I we're chasing say. losses, all yeah. the uh all the smart gambling tips out there. Come nope, find that's me. not what it is. <laughs> nope, that's oh, it's not, not what gambling. We're doing. No, it definitely uh, isn't it's daily fantasy, fantasy it's dog. Not. Come on, it's daily fantasy. Yeah, right. It's but if you different. were gambling in some other platform and some other place right. where right. it's legal, right? Um, don't follow my advice.
1: Yeah, but daily fantasy sports, man uh it's the best and you can join us at prizepickscom slash candlestick use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that is is slash candlestick promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. picks daily fantasy sports made easy all right uh can't wait to watch bucks lions who do you think's gonna win that one
2: i'll tell um, you what well i oh, think yes.
1: the winner oh go ahead you
2: do it. You do the joke. <laughs> We're gonna say the same thing. We're gonna make the same joke. The winner, I, I definitely think the winners. The winner is gonna play the Niners next week. That's um, good call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Lions. I just don't think the Bucks are that good. I think
1: the Lions are going to boat race those dudes.
2: Okay, I'd I'd believe it. Like I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me. Um, man, it would be hell of a, a hell of a moment for Baker Mayfield though if they if they pulled it out. I'm rooting for it. I would love to.
1: I would love it for Baker, but I just the lions. The lions feel like a buzzsaw right now. You have Dan Campbell crying and telling his guys that he's gonna like go to war for him
2: and all this other stuff. Yeah. Anyways. We'll see. Okay. We shall see. Who do you like in uh, Kansas City, Buffalo? I
1: think Buffalo going to win. I think Buffalo is getting them this time. Like at some point, Kansas City's inability to score a lot of points is going to be a problem.
2: Yeah, maybe. I think there's a pretty good chance Kansas City ends up going to the Super Bowl again. Okay. Sure. I know the Ravens look really good, but...
1: The Ravens looked awesome today. Yeah. Just defensively, they're, they are dialed in. I was way more impressed so, with what... them defensively than I was offensively.
2: What the Ravens did today was what I thought the Niners were going to do to the Packers. Mm, pulled wins. Like oh, almost no. Yeah, almost to yeah. a T, but it yeah. didn't happen. Um, all right. We will talk this to you guys later fun. in the week.
1: Hit the thumbs up. If maybe you're it... in the video, hit the thumbs up, please. Yeah. We would appreciate the hell out of that. Thanks. Do oh, we you just did it. Thank to, you.
2: Do we maybe want to do a quick one tomorrow after we find out who the 49ers are playing in the title game?
1: Oh, you and I are going to have to talk about that separately. Offline. Okay. We'll yes. Chat. Yes. We'll um try appreciate everybody thank you uh i am gonna be out this week chris will be on with somebody i guess uh we'll we'll have perfect to figure week. it out
2: perfect week for a little vacation
1: yeah yeah you know it's uh <laughs> again we can talk about it offline if you want um uh, but uh
2: <laughs> sorry don't mean to blow up your spot
1: <laughs> no it's fine um yeah no so chris will be here stay lucky <laughs> come Goodbye, everybody
2: see you guys